0: which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
1: This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmel, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Wednesday, February 8th. markets, and Bitcoin especially, have had a strong start to the year so far. That's had a couple of interesting consequences for some of the more important players in the market, the Bitcoin miners themselves. 2023 has also seen a lot of pretty significant weather events that have affected the United States, including recent ice storms in Texas that left hundreds of thousands of people without power. Again, energy is one of the most important costs that Bitcoin miners must absorb, And of course, they can't run all those machines in their data centers if there's no electricity. Now, we've talked on this show a few times about the challenging conditions that Bitcoin miners in the US and around the world have been facing in recent months and years. Today, we're gonna discuss how some of them have been able to adapt, or at least try, to take advantage of current market conditions to put themselves on slightly more stable financial footing. Joining me today is David Pan, a Bloomberg reporter who follows Bitcoin mining very closely. welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me back.
1: I have to admit that every time I read one of your stories, and then I read another one of your stories, and then like a fourth or a fifth one, I'm like, wow, Bitcoin mining seems like a complicated industry. (laughs) So what we're going to do today is break down a little bit what we mean when we say Bitcoin miners, who some of these players are, and what's been happening to them over the past several months, and especially coming into the beginning of 2023. So just to get started, can you remind our listeners what exactly it is that Bitcoin miners do and why these companies are an important part of the ecosystem?
2: Yeah, sure. The Bitcoin mining companies, they buy very expensive uh, specialized computers produced by manufacturers like Bitmain or Canaan so they buy these computers to solve mathematical problems on the blockchain to actually validate the transaction data for people who are doing transactions on the blockchain in return they will get block rewards from the network currently it is about six and half bitcoin as a reward to the miners they are important because they are securing the network essentially because Bitcoin network is permissionless, it's decentralized, that there's no middleman to guarantee that the transaction is valid between two parties. But miners can do that. That's where they step in.
1: So it sounds to me, based on what you're saying, the Bitcoin blockchain wouldn't work effectively, safely, scalably without the participation of these Bitcoin miners.
2: Exactly. So that's actually the very first point of Bitcoin mining, you know, which is to secure the network, to validate the data on the network so that this can be a very trustworthy peer-to-peer payment network but later you know it has another meaning which is their financial abilities for example you know at the very beginning of the bitcoin blockchain you can just use uh, personal computers to mine bitcoin but later as more and more people get into this process with you know bitcoin rising so it becomes a very industrialized sector you know a lot of Companies they're investing millions of dollars to actually design a specialized computer to compute the problems on Bitcoin network. That actually leads to increasing competition on the network uh, to compete for a limited supply of uh, block rewards in Bitcoin. And so it has grown from personal computers to warehouses of specialized computers stacking on top of each other in the middle of nowhere probably close to a power grid. So that's basically the evolution of Bitcoin mining industry.
1: And there are, it sounds like, two important consequences of that evolution that you've identified, right? One is that it's very capital intensive. It's expensive to run these big data centers. It's expensive to buy these machines, to maintain these machines, to pay for the electricity that these machines need. And it looks like, you know, based on your reporting over the past 12 months, that various of the companies in the space, even the biggest ones, ran into a lot of financial difficulty in 2022. Core Scientific, one of the biggest publicly traded companies, creating or mining cryptocurrencies in the US, filed for bankruptcy protection. It blamed slumping Bitcoin prices. But some of them seem to have started 2023 in a much better situation than just a few months ago. So what's going on there?
2: There are actually a variety of reasons why, you know, we we are seeing a mixed performance from like different miners. But stepping back a little bit, we have to talk about the size of the loans these mining companies are taking. I mean, just looking at the public filings and also talking to private mining companies, we have as much as $4 billion, just like in Bitcoin mining machine-backed loans. And then you have Bitcoin-backed loans, which is actually a more common, a popular financial tool for Bitcoin miners to raise money. And then you also have family office and and the people from the TradFi sector who are funneling money into the sector by traditional financial channels. The miners have a variety of ways to raise money. And then we can talk about why some of them are doing better than others. It is because the leverage,
1: leverage, yeah. as in the the debt that they have.
2: Exactly, looking at the balance sheet of the miners, and you can actually see they actually have a lot of debt. Their debt to equity ratio is very high. And then you have some other relatively healthy miners, for example, Aid, and they keep their operations in general very lean. So, like they don't actually uh, want to expand very large projects. They don't want to have like one gigawatt mining site in, in the next few years.
1: And a one gigawatt, is that very big?
2: That is very, very big. And another reason is that the timing of the debt. You know, uh, for example, uh, one of the best examples will be Marathon Digital Holdings. They actually borrowed money at a very low rate from Silvergate through a few credit facilities. So they're definitely less burdened with interest payments over time just because the timing when they took out the debt, the rate was really, really low. So that's another reason why, you know, some miners are doing better than others.
1: Up next, you'll hear more from Bloomberg reporter David Pan on what will likely affect the prospects for Bitcoin miners in 2023.
0: You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists... Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So one question that I have for you is why would very, very traditional, as we say, TradFi entities like an Apollo or a BlackRock find themselves lending money to extremely non-traditional companies like Bitcoin miners?
2: Yeah, I think crypto mining is kind of like was regarded as a a way for people to get exposure to uh, crypto. I mean, especially for these traditional financial services companies, it's harder for them to directly hold crypto assets just because of the compliance and regulatory reasons. But getting into crypto mining companies who are publicly traded, that is much easier. For example, the convertible bond is, is a very conventional financial channel for mm-hmm. for big companies uh, to try to find companies to get involved in crypto.
1: And kind of, looking forward one of the things that has been true of january going into february is that crypto related stocks whether it is banks whether it is the exchanges and to to some extent the miners that really got i'll use the scientific term hammered in 2022 have you know kind of like started the year with a rally and various folks, analysts, investors are kind of asking like, is this sustainable, right? Is there something fundamental that has shifted about the market? Or is just people just being like, whoo, finally, some not the worst news in the world? What are what are you hearing on the, the mining side of this conversation?
2: Yeah, uh, so... The miners, um, so there's a term called a miner's capitulation, when the Bitcoin price is going down at the same time, the hash rate is going down, and along with a a few other conditions, when it hits those conditions, there will be a, a situation called a miner capitulation, which means the market has hit the bottom. So
1: and to be clear, that's not minor capitulation, like M I N O R small. It's like minor capitulation, like the miners themselves yeah. <laughs> are are flying a white flag of defeat.
2: Yeah, the sector's <laughs> capitulation. Yeah. So basically, what it means, like you know, the low price have been going on for so long, it has driven out some of the miners. So uh, historically, it was a pretty good uh, indicator that shows mm-hmm. the market is hitting the bottom, but like. Not so sure this in this cycle because in the last cycles, miners were actually more powerful with larger Bitcoin holdings because when they were facing financial pressure, they needed to sell their coin reserves. So that would create and they were
1: selling in a down market, right? So they weren't like actually getting a lot of money from them. (laughs) Got it.
2: Yeah. And then like they were imposing more selling pressure into the market just because their coin holdings were so large. In the previous cycles. But in this cycle, a lot of the miners already emptied their uh, Bitcoin on the balance sheet. So they actually don't have a lot of power or like influence over the market because they don't have as many coins as before.
1: And I think you had just reported that one miner sold tokens for the very first time this year. Yeah,
2: Marathon. Firstly, I think like the company do need to capture. The higher prices, uh, because I think they've learned the lesson along with so many other miners that maybe like you need to sell some of these coins. I mean, you can be a hodler, you you know, you can hold
1: hold on <laughs> hold on
2: forever, <laughs> like uh, uh hold on your dear life. But at the same time, I mean, is that a rational like decision for for a Bitcoin miner? I mean it has turned a lot of the miners have realized that that wasn't the best interest you know to just keep all the coins so like they decided to sell some of the coins rather than selling them in a bear market and if they can sell them in a in a rally like this, you know like um. Uh, Relatively longer rally in the crypto market. If they can capture some of the prices, they'll be good, you know, for their for their balance sheet. Especially now, they are burning cash. So I think that's that's one of the reasons why Marathon was doing that in January. And then another reason might be they are increasing their production. They are producing more Bitcoin just because the you know their uh, operations have been growing over the last year. So. They figured that, you know, like um, by selling some of those coins, it wouldn't affect their holdings that much.
1: Because they're like adding to their holdings at a faster rate than they're selling them off. Yeah. Well, I'm going to end with one of the things that we say on the team all the time, which is like never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you as always for coming on the show. Thank you. That was Bloomberg reporter David Pan. You can find more of his reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal and on Bloomberg.com. And be sure to check out our twice-weekly newsletter, Bloomberg Crypto. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohamed Farouk and Sharon Bariro. Our associate producers are Tai Butler and Moses Andam. Desta Wanderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow.
0: It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you?